we are jumping back into Revelation. We began at the beginning of the year, uh, and we are seeking to go all the way through the book. But some of this can be pretty heavy and weighty and also hard to study for and prepare for. So we take breaks from now and uh, every now and again. And we took one during the summer. We were in the Proverbs. We're going to jump back into Revelation for several weeks. And we are jumping right into uh, some of the uh, most rewarding passages, but some of the most challenging as well. And so we pray that you would hang on with us as we seek to do what we began doing from the beginning, which we had the goal not to necessarily come to the book of Revelation and predict what was going to happen next or what the, you know specific signs meant for like right now and what's happening or what may happen. That was ne not necessarily our goal. Our goal is, ne is to look into the book of Revelation and to do what the original author intended, what Jesus intended by sharing this with John on the island of Patmos and what was originally, originally written to seven churches um, in East Asia, in Asia Minor. And for them, it was to help them to see a, a revelation of Jesus Christ in all of his glory and all of his might and power and to inject courage and comfort into their souls as they faced persecution, difficulty, and, 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 and that's what they were facing already, but there was more to come. And what we need to see even in our day and in our time is we need to be injected as the body of Christ with courage and comfort. That no matter what happens... No matter what comes our way, no matter what happens in the culture and in the world, that Jesus Christ is with us, and he is powerful and mighty, and he is strong, and he knows what we will face, he knows what will come, and he holds us and keeps us as his own through it all. In this vision, we see a pattern again and again in the book of Revelation and it was a vision. It was God, Jesus Christ himself, revealing himself to John in the midst of his greatest trial, no doubt, as he was imprisoned for his faith in Jesus Christ. And he saw him and he notated these things for others to be encouraged by and comforted by. And in this vision, we see a pattern of hear and see. John will say, I heard blank and then he'll say i saw blank i heard this and then i turn around and i saw this and usually that pattern helps us to see what john was seeing in those moments and sometimes it is is it is sequential it is things that are happening one right after the other and sometimes we think he's probably jumping around like you and i would if we saw a vision and Everything doesn't necessarily line up perfectly. I don't know if you've had dreams where, you know, one moment, I mean, our dreams can be so crazy, and I'm not just saying this is a dream, but it's similar in that, and that one thing happens, and then another thing happens, and it's like those things don't line up and match up necessarily. And 
In a similar way, I think those things sometimes are happening in this vision. I want, I want to give you an example of this pattern of hear and see. Look in your Bibles at chapter 1, verses 10 and 12. John says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard a loud voice behind me like a trumpet. Verse 12, he says, Then I turned to see whose voice it was who spoke to me. So we see that here and see. Again, we see it in chapter 5, in verse 5. And John says that one of the elders said to me, Do not weep, look. So we heard what the elders said. Do, do not weep, look. The lion from the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. And then what happens? He turns around. I saw one like a slaughtered lamb. He's expecting the lion. He saw the lamb. We see this pattern again and again. And we see it here once more in chapter 7. The same thing is happening here to give the readers of this letter comfort. And we see two sides of the strength that is available to those who find themselves in Jesus now, what's happening here and where we kind of left off was we left off with the sixth seal in chapter 6. We saw the seals being broken open and the, the, the calamity that took place because what was happening is that Jesus was allowing the warring kingdom against his kingdom to come in and crash into it. And that's what's happening with the four horsemen of the apocalypse. That's what's happening with all these things is that there are two colliding kingdoms, the colliding kingdom of the world and the prince of the power of the air and the colliding kingdom of the one true Jesus, the one true king. He's coming and establishing his kingdom. And, and what we said, it's almost like it's breaking through. It was always there, but it was somewhat latent, somewhat uh, uh, hidden in a way. And what we see here in the end, finally Jesus is saying, my kingdom is coming. And we know that this began when Jesus came because he says that the kingdom of, is, of God is at hand. Repent. And he went around preaching that. And what he was saying is that his kingdom was coming because he had come. He was establishing his kingdom as king, as ruler, as the one reigning true king. And it is it. it has come, it is coming, and it will come. These are things we all, we, we talked about earlier on. I'm just trying to remind you of this thing because it's very important to see that he pauses in this moment, John pauses, and it's like he pulls back for us to see and say, yeah, there's really difficult things, there's really tough things, and in chapter 6, we see, we see the, the folks martyred for the kingdom of Jesus Christ at the bottom of the altar saying, How long, O oh Lord, how long must we face this? And it's almost like Jesus is showing John, and John is pulling back and saying, Here's what you see, but here's what's happening around you as well. We see it from the perspective of King Jesus in this moment to give comfort Why do I say comfort? Why would I say comfort is found in this section of Revelation? We ended with the martyred saints under the altar of the throne saying, How long, O Lord? This is the answer. The comfort. 
The word means with strength. With strength. These things we hear and see in this portion of John's vision give us strength to face whatever may come. Let's read it. Would you join me in reading Revelation chapter 7, verses 1 through 8? And if you're able, would you stand for the honoring of God's holy word? After this, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, restraining the four winds of the earth, so that no wind could blow on the earth or on the sea or, or any tree. Then I saw another angel rising up from the east, who had the seal of the living God, and cried out in a loud voice to the four angels who were allowed to harm the earth and the sea, Don't harm the earth or the sea or the trees until we seal the servants of our God on their foreheads. And I heard the number of the sealed, 144,000 sealed from every tribe of the Israelites, 12,000 sealed from the tribe of Judah, 12,000 from the tribe of Reuben, 12,000 from the tribe of Gad, 12,000 from the tribe of Asher, 12,000 from the tribe of Naphtali, 12,000 from the tribe of Manasseh, 12,000 from the tribe of Simeon, 12,000 from the tribe of Levi, 12,000 from the tribe of Issachar, 12,000 from the tribe of Zebulun, 12,000 from the tribe of Joseph, and 12,000 sealed from the tribe of Benjamin. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. In this passage, we see the comfort that God brings, how he's placed on our very lives his seal, and with that sealing, his character. And we can face literally anything because of it. Let me show you how I think this passage is speaking this into our lives. Number one, God provides comfort even when all is falling apart around us. This vision is like John pulling back to see these seals from another angle. It's like he's saying, he, he's showing us Jesus' vantage point on the world for a moment. The four horsemen are being stayed. The clashing of the two kingdoms is about to happen. And, the, and he says, wait a second. There's something we need to do. There's more to do. Before you can do anything, we've got to seal the servants of God. This is a great reminder that we have a God who is on our side. He's for us, and he protects us with this seal so that even when terror is raining down around us or is about to, we are in his care and keeping. I love the bridge of the song we sang just before we uh, began this message. And I'd like, if, if we could for a moment, to pull that bridge up. Uh, I won't bow to idols, that portion of that song. Is that something we could do? Because I trusting, oh, perfect. I knew, I knew Anna Grace could do that. All right, so I want to go through all these lyrics because I think it says what we need to see in this moment. I think this, this so clearly states what is happening here. And this idea of you and I being a part of the kingdom of God and what that affords to us. Look at this. Look at these words. I won't bow to idols. I'll stand strong and worship you. And if it puts me in the fire, I'll rejoice because you're there too. I won't be formed by feelings. I hold fast to what is true. 
If the cross brings transformation, then I'll be crucified with you. Because death is just the doorway into resurrection life. If I join you in your sufferings, then I'll join you when you rise. And when you return in glory with all the angels and the saints, my heart will still be singing. My song will be the same. Oh, Christ, be magnified in me. You see, we can face whatever this world throws at us because he's there with us. He's keeping us. He's holding us. When the, when the world is clashing with his kingdom, when, when the difficulties are coming quicker and faster, it may seem. He's with us. We can endure his sufferings. We can endure what he, what, what he has gone through for us because we are with him. And I love that, that death is just a doorway into resurrected life. And one day he will come again and we'll sing the same song. Christ be magnified. That's what it's about. We are the body of Christ. We are, the, we are Christians. We have available to us his love and his sealing and his life, and we have his resurrection alive available to us that we can face whatever comes our way, whatever this world brings, and that should give us strength to face a new day. It should give us comfort to face whatever lies before us because we know that the God Almighty, the King of heaven and earth is with us and we are his and he's keeping us and holding us. That should give us comfort. The second thing that we see is that God seals those who have received his imprinted character. We are in his care and keeping because we are literally sealed with his name, it says in this passage. And that is his character, him, himself. We are sealed by him. In Ezekiel 9, 4 through 6, we see a similar sealing that took place. And it was a sealing for an impending judgment that was to come. And in that passage, it's spiritual and physical. In Revelation 7, it's hard to say that those who are sealed will be sealed from physical harm, but certainly spiritual harm. Nothing will be able to take those who are sealed away from the one who sealed them. I want to look at this passage in Ezekiel 9, 4 through 6, and you'll, you'll just have to write it down and look it up later or flip to it very quickly if you'd like. But this is what it says. Pass through the city of Jerusalem, the Lord said to him, and put a mark on the foreheads of the men who sigh and groan over the detestable practices committed in it. And he spoke to the others in my hearing, pass through the city after him and start killing. Do not show pity or spare them. Slaughter the old men, the young men and women, and as well as the children and older women. But do not come near anyone who has the mark. Begin at my sanctuary. So they began with the elders and who were in front of the temple. So this ceiling in Ezekiel gives us a... a uh, a precedence that God has set that those who are sealed are protected. This word name, this idea of his name is the thing that is placed upon the foreheads of those who are sealed in this passage of Scripture is really covenant language. It's language about the covenant that God has established 
with us. It's, it likens back to the covenants of old that were, 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 were established from the very beginning. And it's this idea of likeness and image. Likeness and image. That we are the sons of God and that we are uh, the warrior kings that he has given life to and given this, uh, this idea of going forward. We bear his mark means that we bear his image. We bear who he is. We bear his name. We bear his character. Romans 10, 13 says this same, uh, it shows us the same idea that we are um, sealed by the Holy Spirit because of Jesus' sacrifice and now bear his name and his character. There are other passages as well like 2 Corinthians 1, 21 through 22. Now it is God who strengthens us together with you in Christ and who has anointed us. He has also put his seal on us and given us the spirit in our hearts as a down payment. Ephesians 1, 13 through 14 states that in him you also were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and when you believe the Holy Spirit is the down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of the possession to the praise of his glory. In Ephesians 4:30, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. You were sealed by him for the day of redemption. We see this idea of sealing now accomplished by the Holy Spirit to those who have trusted Christ. What does that mean? That means that you and I are sealed with Christ's character. You and I are sealed with his name. You and I are sealed by the Holy Spirit so that we are ready for whatever may come, that the Lord will cover us and keep us and watch over us. And though it may not mean that we will be free from physical pain and physical uh, the, 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 the physical that will come, because remember in this passage it says in, in Revelation chapter 7, it says, wait a second, let's seal everybody that is sealed, let's seal them before uh, we wreak havoc on the earth and the trees and the, uh, the sea and the earth. So we may have to endure pain, we may have to endure difficulty physically, but spiritually we are sealed for salvation, for his redemption. Now we'll say this, and, and we'll get into this later. This sealing of the saints of God is the antithesis. It's the complete opposite of the type of sealing that we see later on by, where, where those who are not of Christ are sealed with the mark of the beast. We, we, are, we'll receive the, we have received the mark of Christ, the name of Christ, and those who are without Christ at some point will receive uh, an antithetical, an anti-Christ mark. It's not in this passage, so we're not going to we're not going to wait wait into that difficulty today. The third thing that we see, see is God's seal gives us strength to face anything, anything. John hears a number. Remember that here and then he sees. We'll talk about next week what he saw. But he hears a number. And a lot of effort has gone into de to determining who these 144,000 sealed people are. 
What I know from Scripture and what I can help us understand is that when you see a big number like that, it doesn't necessarily mean that exact number. It could mean just a very large number. It's the Hebrew way of saying, there's a lot of them folks over there. Thank you for giggling. I was kind of a joke. So, And what we see, because it is this complete number, it's 12,000. 12 is a number of completion, and it's multiplied by thousands. That means it is really complete. It's a complete number of those who are sealed. What we can take from this is that God is in control. He knows all who will bear his name, and not one will be lost of those that are sealed. Jesus was revealing himself through John's writing, first to a group of churches facing extreme persecution, and this letter is to remind them of who Jesus is, that he's in control, and that we can find strength in that truth. You see, we could debate all day long, what, who are these people? Are they, are they actual Jewish people? Are they, uh, are they the completed number of those who become uh, followers of Jesus Christ who are sealed by him? And at the end of the day, what we understand and see is that no matter which one it is, God is still in control. Nothing takes him by surprise with who these people are. He knows exactly who they are because they bear his name. And that's the truth of you and I because of the Holy Spirit's work in our life and the fact that he has sealed us, that we bear Christ's name as well. And today, friends, if you are here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, can I beg you to receive the character of Christ, receive the name of Christ? I mentioned Romans 10, 13 before. You know what it says? It says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord, the character of the Lord, whoever calls upon his name, what does it say? Will be saved. Today, friends, today you can become sealed as well by trusting in Jesus and calling on who he is. And what Jesus, who Jesus is, is that he is a redeemer, a savior, perfect in every way, making available to you and I and anyone who will believe that they will be saved. Not just from impending judgment, but saved from sin, saved from walking this life, living for ourselves, but to be saved for his glory and for his honor. And that can be true of you today, knowing we are sealed by the Holy Spirit because of Jesus' death. We can face anything life brings because God loves you, cares for you, and keeps you. In just a moment, we will participate in a vivid representation of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. We've already had one today. We got to see a vivid representation of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, and that when we trust in him, we, are dead, we die to our sins, we are buried with him, and we are raised to life in him. And to, in just a moment, we will take the Lord's Supper to remind us to commune with his sufferings, to commune with his life, to commune with his death, 
and his resurrection in our own lives. So here's the question I have. Perhaps your world is falling apart today. Perhaps you're faced with things you never imagined you would be, or you just wake up every day and you watch the news and you see all the stuff that's happening. Jesus is here. Jesus is with you. He cares for you. And if you know him, he will keep you through it all. Call on his name. Call on his name today. Just a moment, we're gonna, our, our deacons are going to come. We're going to deliver the Lord's Supper. If you're uh, a guest of ours and you trust Jesus Christ as your Savior, we, we're okay with you taking that. We just want to know that you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, that you've trusted Him. If you have not, the Bible is very clear that uh, it gives us a clear warning to not take it irreverently or in an unworthy manner. The way you do that is you take it not knowing Christ or you take it with sin in your heart, unconfessed sin, or you take it with aught with your brother or sister in Christ. The scripture is clear on those things. So we'll give you a moment of reflection and pray. we'll just pray and ask God to forgive us for our sins, to prepare our hearts to receive this. But as we take the cup and as we take the little cracker, we remind ourselves of what Christ has done for us, that his body was broken, that his blood was spilled so that you and I could bear his name, bear his character, and be sealed by his Holy Spirit. No matter what we face, no matter what you are facing, Christ cares. He's with you, and he loves you, and he wants you to trust in him through it all. We're going to pray. At that time, the deacons are going to come. Join me up front, and we will administer the Lord's Supper as we remind ourselves and commune with his death, burial, and resurrection. Jesus, we love you. We're thankful for what you do and what you've done and what you're going to do, God, to protect us. And it's, no, it's nothing that we have earned. It's something we could have never accomplished on our own it's because we've called on the name of Christ and you place your character sealing us so God would you work in the lives of the folks gathered here today Lord would you speak life into someone's heart today Lord would you bring someone to faith in Christ today Lord would you take this moment and this time and help us to reflect on what you've done. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.